was pretty surprised to find a series of articles on the simple task of breathing, taking up five full pages in the Experience Life magazine of March 2021. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this since the day I was born. But once I read that each day we consume some four pounds of food and five pounds of water, compared with an incredible 30 pounds of air, this reading had me hooked. So it turns out that ancient wisdom and recent research has a lot to teach me, and I'll be using some of the things that I learned from these articles. They are all written by Michael Dregney, and the first one is titled Every Breath You Take. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I have. In 1986, Greg LeMond became the first American to win the Tour de France, outracing an elite field of cyclists over 2,544 miles of daunting terrain. In 1989 and 1990, LeMond won the Tour's yellow jersey yet again. Over the years, he was at the forefront of the peloton in experimenting with radical technical innovations clip-in pedals derived from ski bindings, lightweight carbon frames, aero bars for time trials, and more. Yet he had another secret weapon that was equally innovative, his breathing. While other riders focused on building leg strength, Lamond also performed deep breathing exercises to expand his lung capacity and power and he was an early cycling proponent of VO2 max testing, which measures maximal oxygen consumption and aerobic power output. His overall goal was improved breathing efficiency. LeMond's secret weapon was not really so secret. He was tapping into wisdom dating back millennia. Breathing can enhance performance and endurance. Every 3.3 seconds, 16 times a minute, 960 times an hour, 20,000 times a day, some 670 million times in an average lifetime, we take a breath. Each breath sucks in sextillions of air molecules, which help build our bones, blood, muscles, brains, organs, all of us. We tend to think of breathing, when we think of it at all, in simplistic binary terms. We breathe oxygen in, exhale carbon dioxide out. Breathe in fresh energy, exhale stale energy. Breathing equates to life, not breathing, death. But breathing is not simple, and we'd all do well to think about it more. Thanks to High School Biology 101, we know that breathing fuels our life. We inhale air containing oxygen into our lungs, down bronchioles, and into alveoli and capillaries, some 1,500 miles of these passages in our lungs alone to reach our blood. The oxygen is picked up by hemoglobin within the red blood cells. Every one of the 25 trillion red blood cells holds 270 million hemoglobin molecules, each of which can transport four oxygen molecules, adding up to more than a billion molecules of oxygen per red blood cell. This enriched blood then disperses via the heart's pumping power through 62,000 miles of our arteries and capillaries to fuel every nook and cranny of our bodies. As the blood offloads oxygen, it picks up carbon dioxide, a byproduct of metabolism, and carries it through veins back to the lungs through the alveoli, up through the throat, and out via our nose and mouth as we exhale. 
It's an awe-inspiring, near-magical feat all by itself. Breathing is a missing pillar of health, says journalist James Nestor, author of Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art. No matter what we eat, how much we exercise, how resilient our genes are, how skinny or young or wise we are, none of it will matter unless we're breathing correctly. It all starts there. The health-giving, performance-enhancing power of breathing was well understood, even honored and worshipped in early civilizations. Today, with sophisticated VO2 max tests, MRIs, and ICU ventilators, we can map, examine, and measure our breathing, but we may not understand it as well as the ancients. We've lost touch with our most basic and important biological function, says Nestor. Experts now understand, thanks in large part to the 72-year longitudinal Framingham study of more than 5,200 subjects, as well as other research, that the greatest indicator of our longevity may not be diet, exercise, or genetics, as previously believed, but lung capacity. Scientists are also discovering, or rediscovering, what the ancients understood. Our breath is more than fuel. Helping to control our nervous system and thus our physical fitness, mental health, and overall well-being. For Greg Lamond, breathing was a key to going faster for longer. To understand this, consider the two ways your body makes energy. Aerobic energy is your mainstay. It's derived from oxygen fueling mitochondrial metabolism in your cells. Anaerobic energy comes from glucose derived from your food. It's a sort of turbo boost for extreme efforts when your body craves more oxygen. Both means are essential, but we rely on aerobic energy most of the time. Our intake of air versus food and water supports this. Each day, we consume some four pounds of water and five, four pounds of food and five pounds of water compared with an incredible 30 pounds of air. That's a lot of something that's relatively weightless. It may seem obvious, then, that maximizing your breathing efficiency can maximize your performance. And, not discounting the proof of Le Mans enduring victories, multiple studies have borne this out in different types of sports at different levels. One researcher who reinforced this was not a sports physiologist, but a choir conductor. Carl Stoff went on to help emphysema patients and train Olympians. Your circulatory system pumps an average of 2,000 gallons of blood through your body daily. Much more, no doubt, if you're racing the Tour de France or even running a local 5K. Your heart does its circulatory duties, but for breathing, your thoracic pump, the in-and-out pressure inside your chest, is activated by the diaphragm, which moves some 50,000 times a day. If you emphasize the exhale with your diaphragm, it not only clears out as much CO2 as possible, it also leaves a vacuum in your lungs to charge your next intake of oxygen. Le Mans tactic built on this. He was striving to use his complete lung capacity and fully employ his diaphragm. It's often termed belly breathing because your belly moves in response to your diaphragm's action and the corresponding intake of air. Yet many people engage as little as 10% of their diaphragm's range, even during exercise. Le Monde was aiming for optimal efficiency. 
Surprisingly, though, your body can use only so much oxygen. At a normal breathing rate, your lungs absorb about a quarter of the available oxygen in the air to a maximum of 97 to 99% of blood oxygen level. More than enough is simply exhaled. What your body really needs is more carbon dioxide, according to Nestor. While oxygen sparks energy, carbon dioxide isn't just waste. You need it to separate oxygen from hemoglobin, maintain your blood's pH balance, and enhance blood vessel dilation to facilitate blood flow. CO2 is as essential to the body as any vitamin, Nestor says. Or, as Yale University physiology professor Yandel Henderson, PhD, hails it in the definitive Cyclopedia of Medicine, carbon dioxide is the chief hormone of the entire body. It is the only one that is produced by every tissue and that probably acts on every organ. So, when we optimize our breathing technique, we are also benefiting from carbon dioxide. The good news is that you don't need to train for the Tour de France to boost your breathing. Inhaling through your nose is a simple tactic, notes Ayurvedic practitioner John Dulard, DCCAP, who's worked with elite athletes, including former pro tennis star Billie Jean King and the New Jersey Nets, to enhance performance. As reported in the International Journal of Neuroscience, Dillard compared subjects who breathed through their noses with those who breathed through their mouths while riding a stationary bike to a maximum exertion rate of 200 watts, medium non-race exertion. He found that nose-breathing subjects required 70% fewer breaths, felt half the perceived exertion, were calmer, and exhibited more relaxed brain waves and coherent thought, all while substantially enhancing performance and endurance. Try focusing on breathing through your nose while running or riding, supplementing with mouth breaths as your exertion demands, and see how it affects your own performance. Deep breathing Exercises like Le Mans can build lung power, although there's some dispute over whether it increases lung capacity. But there's an easy solution. Even moderate exercise like walking, jogging, or recreational cycling has been found to increase lung capacity by up to 15%. And we have a separate little piece here on nose breathing versus mouth breathing. We have evolved with two airways to breathe through, our nose and our mouth. The mouth is a backup ventilation system. It's available when you have a cold and nasal congestion or need supplemental air during exertion. Most of the time, the nose rules. Your nose is a wonder of aerodynamics and thermodynamics, biological simplicity and efficiency. It warms the air you breathe and moistens it to aid absorption. The nasal passages speed the air for quicker delivery and pressurize it so the lungs can extract optimal amounts of oxygen. Your nose filters out particles and pollutants as it clears and purifies your breath. Mucus, one of your body's first lines of immunity defense, catches invading allergens, pathogens, and bacteria it escorts them down your throat and into your stomach, where they're sterilized by acids. They're delivered to the intestines for excretion. 
and your nose even boasts erectile tissues similar to the penis, clitoris, and nipples. It is more intimately connected to your genitals than any other organ, playing a key role in sexual arousal. Even your two nostrils and nasal cavities play different interrelated roles. If you close your left nostril and inhale just through the right, it works like a gas pedal. Breathing through this side activates your sympathetic nervous system, triggering hormones that put your body into an elevated state of alertness. The right nostril also feeds more blood to the left hemisphere of the brain, specifically the prefrontal cortex, which is associated with logical decision-making. The left nostril is like a brake, it's connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest mechanism that lowers blood pressure, cools your body, and eases anxiety. And it flows blood to the brain's right side, which instigates creative thought and emotions. Your body naturally balances these two forces via breathing, but when required, it focuses on one or the other. And we can override this and redirect it when we want to. As journalist James Nestor sums up in his book, Breath, the nose is the silent warrior, the gatekeeper of our bodies, pharmacist to our minds, and weather vane to our emotions. While the nose rules, many of us breathe through the mouth much, if not all, of the time, eschewing the nose and all its functional glory. Temporary mouth breathing is normal, such as when you're congested or exercising at high intensities but chronic mouth breathing can create problems. The body is not designed to process raw air for hours at a time, day or night, states Nestor. Without the helping hand of the nose, mouth breathing has been implicated in a variety of ailments. Allergies, begetting more allergies, asthma, snoring, sleep apnea and insomnia, high blood pressure, ADHD, and autoimmune diseases even anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Mouth breathing can be untrained, just as you would with any other breathing technique. Focus on consciously breathing through your nose, augmenting with mouth breaths when needed. Progressive healthcare experts are integrating pulmonology, physiology, dentistry, and other research in creating rehabilitative and reconstructive techniques to build up the resilience of atrophying nasal passages. And we have now breathing for calmness and meditation. Our breathing also provides us with a power that science can't qualify or quantify. In ancient India, breathing was understood to bring what was known as prana, which translates as life force or vital energy. In China, this was called qi, a similar concept was held by myriad other cultures, including the Greeks, Jewish mystics, and the Iroquois. By breathing with intention, they believed we could focus that energy for clarity of thinking and meditation, to balance our minds and moods, and ultimately to live better and longer. Your breathing affects and is affected by your autonomic nervous system, and there are two key aspects of this. At the top of the lungs, close to the bronchial entrance, there are nerves connected to the sympathetic nervous system. So, taking short, quick breaths, as you do when you're scared or when you're sprinting, activates your flight or flight or fight or flight response, ideal for dealing with danger or running a race. 
Your lungs' lower lobes contain nerves connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest part. Long, deep breaths will activate these nerves and relax your body, aid digestion, and calm your mind. Yoga is perhaps the quintessence of optimal breathing. Yoga teachings of some 5,000 years ago focused on breath work to build on prana's vital force. Later, the practice evolved to include asanas, postures and movements that coincided with the breathing. The word yoga means union, and it starts with breathing, explains Tori Schaefer, Lifetime's National Director of Yoga Operations. The poses are secondary. Your breath is there to help you become connected. The breath allows you to stay present, which supports you in listening to your body in a pose without reaction or attachment, he continues. By bringing focus to the breath, it calms the fight-or-flight responses in the body, which allows muscles to relax and gain greater mobility. And the discipline of yogic breathing carries over into other aspects of life. That's the purpose, really, Schaefer says. Yoga is training for life. We practice being present with our breath during yoga so that when uncomfortable or challenging situations arise in life, we can find our breath and be present to make the best choices without reaction or attachment. The perfect breath. If we can breathe better to enhance extremes of performance and ease our mind, what about in our daily life? And can haphazard breathing harm our health and optimal breathing enhance it? Nestor began his decade-long investigation into breathing in a quest to overcome his own respiratory problems, including shortness of breath, wheezing, and recurring pneumonia, as well as other issues, such as stress and growing general health concerns brought on by modern living. He studied yoga and meditation, retrained his mouth breathing, and in the end learned to optimize his everyday breathing. We rush our breathing, he says, which is no surprise, considering our busy lives. The consequence is that we overbreathe, which makes it harder for our bodies to efficiently use oxygen and causes a lot of unnecessary wear and tear. He recommends breathing more slowly, less often, and more consciously. The perfect breath is this. Breathe in for about 5.5 seconds, then exhale for about 5.5 seconds. That's 5.5 breaths a minute for a total of about 5.5 liters of air, Nestor says. You can practice this perfect breathing for a few minutes or a few hours. There is no such thing as having too much peak efficiency in your body. And it's no coincidence, he adds, that Buddhist mantras, yoga asanas, Hindu mudras, or hand poses, and the Catholic Ave Maria, as well as the Taoist, African, and Native American prayers, correspond with the breath. These ancient prayers served as codes, maps, directions to breathing well. Breathing, for all these people, all these cultures, was powerful medicine, he says. My hunch is, in the next few years, breath training will be the biggest thing going in fitness, Nestor continues. In some circles, it already is. We have some breathing lessons here. Religious acolytes, warriors, and early Olympians all understood the power of breath. 1,000 years ago, and still today, Japanese Zen monks used breathing as a step to achieve a calm deep meditative state. 
U.S. Navy SEALs train in breathwork known as box breathing to maintain focus and calm in tense situations. And athletes such as modern-day collegiate runner Rosalie Fish of the Cowlitz tribe connects her breathing to her mindset. My mood and mentality directly impacts my breathing. I find it extremely beneficial to keep a grateful mindset while running, which helps me keep my mind calm and my pain tolerance high. Try these representative breathing techniques. Energizing breathing. Rapid deep breaths can instantly energize, explains yoga instructor Tori Schaefer. It's known as Bastrika Pranayama, or the breath of life. This rapid breathing technique pumps and floods the body with oxygen, which gives the body a pep of energy and helps to detox the body. Inhale quickly through your nostrils, deep into your lungs. You should feel the breath in your navel. Squeeze the breath out by squeezing in the muscles of the belly and the navel area. If you feel lightheaded or dizzy, stop and rest. Controlled race breathing. Olympian and three-time national middle-distance running champion Carrie Tollefson strives to maintain control over her breathing. The best advice I've been given for breathing and running is to not overthink how you are breathing, but rather relax and stay in control. Think about trying to not force it one way or the other, not tensing as you fatigue. Keeping your arms, shoulders, and face loose will also allow you to stay calm. Running is not easy for anyone, but if we are tense or tight, everything seems to get harder. If you can stay in control with your breathing, you will see better results. If you think about how you feel if you are breathing really fast, starting to panic, everything gets really hard. So when those tendencies present themselves, trying to slow down your breath will definitely help. If you are starting to breathe really rapidly, or even hearing that wheezing some people get, that is when I would start a new pattern of breath. If you aren't in control of it, then regain the control and focus on the positives rather than the negatives. Here's her technique. Inhale for two seconds or counts, breathe in on the right foot, then exhale for two seconds or counts, breathe out on the left foot. Strength training breathing. To help brace your core for lifts, strength coach Lee Boyce recommends this. Take a long, slow, deep inhale during the eccentric or lowering phase. Exhale on the concentric or raising phase. Focused box breathing. To maintain focus and calm in tense situations, U.S. Navy SEALs train with this technique. Slowly inhale to a four count. Hold that breath to a four count, exhale to a four count, hold to a four count, repeat. Calming breathing. To calm yourself with a single breath, a long, slow exhalation will activate the vagus nerve to physically switch your system to a more relaxed mode, explains psychologist Greg Smith, PhD, author of Purposeful Breathing. Inhale through your nose, form a small round hole with pursed lips, as if you had a straw through which you were breathing. Exhale slowly, letting the narrowness of the opening control the rate of exhalation. Relaxative breathing. To shift your body into a state of deep relaxation, integrative medicine pioneer Andrew Wheel, MD, recommends these steps. 
Breathe in, then exhale through your mouth with a whoosh. Close your mouth and inhale quietly through your nose to a four count. Hold for a seven count. Exhale through your mouth with a whoosh to an eight count. Repeat for at least four breaths. And we have one last small column here, which is titled Breathing for Strength. Optimizing your breath work isn't just about all-out performance, it can help build slow and steady strength as well. Breathing is important for training, especially with heavy weights in the strength and conditioning world, explains Toronto-based strength coach Lee Boyce. The foundation of strength training breathing is to exhale on the concentric or raising phase of a given movement and inhale during the eccentric or lowering phase. But there's more to it, he says. Breathing correctly through the abdominal cavity involves allowing your diaphragm to lower to create more room for the lungs to expand. This is of supreme importance not only to maximize the volume of oxygen you take in per breath, but also to avoid the potential for breathing-related injuries like dislocated ribs or hernias. How do you know when you are belly breathing and engaging your diaphragm rather than merely chest breathing? The stomach will grow and shrink on each deep breath, more so than the shoulders and chest raising and lowering, Boyce says. Try deep stomach breaths in the mirror and note the differences in how it looks and feels. Next, use light weights in your workout and try applying it to the reps you perform using good technique. It may take some getting used to. Powerlifters and Olympic weightlifters also use breathing techniques for all-important bracing, such as the Valsalva maneuver. Take a deep belly breath, then close your epiglottis, the flap over your larynx and windpipe, by stopping the airflow, airflow in your throat and exhale against it. This internal pressure helps brace your core for producing maximal force in Olympic moves, squats, deadlifts, and bench presses. And your breath work doesn't end with your exercise. It can also ease you into recovery, Boyce advises. Before or after workouts, try three sets of 12 deep belly breaths to help you with your performance, circulation, and recovery it will help bring your heart rate down as well. And I thought that focused box breathing was really interesting, that the US Navy SEALs, they slowly inhale to a four count, hold that breath to a four count, exhale to a four count, hold to a four count, and repeat. That is one that I actually might remember because it's four, 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 four. So I hope you also found some of this interesting about the oxygen and carbon dioxide and different types of breathing that can help us enhance enhance all of all of our health whether we're doing heavy duty weight training or simply taking taking a brisk walk on a nice day so i appreciate you tuning in to sound body please stay well and come back next week for more healthy living ideas